about being patient in anything uh, and leave it in God's hands and just going every day to work, you know. And it'll come, and when it comes, I'm going to want more and more and more, so it's going to, when it comes, I think it's going to come. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. That's uh, Ray Ray McLeod, and he uh, he said it was in God's hands, and we played our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. How about when they called him? He was in church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was getting churchified. Oh, he was in church yeah. when they called him? Oh, yeah. man, that's great. That's great. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, we were going to talk about is the rookies uh, that uh, are, are showing up big. Uh, Ch- Chase Claypool, number one, Anthony McFarland, number two, Alex Highsmith, Kevin Dotson, and uh, James Pierre, your uh, uh, camp phenom. Right. Yeah. You know, pretty good assortment of young bucks there, my yeah. friend. Yeah. All of them doing, yeah. uh, you know, I, you look at them, and I think the the surprising guy in in some ways was um, not Chase Claypool, of course. I think from day one, we probably figured that uh, you know he was going to be a major contributor at some point in time. But I, you know, I still Kevin Dotson yeah. is just he's a lot of fun, you know, for such a a, a huge young man just kind of uh for for coming where he was didn't even go to the combine and nobody really talked much about him. Yeah. This guy is a diamond in the rough. Yes. And maybe a rough diamond, period. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean this guy here, he's very capable, very strong, very physical. Um he 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 makes pass protection interesting in a way that because he uses hands, but he punches and and close quarter grappling does a great right, job. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, he stays on the center line of a man, doesn't let the guy get outside his body much at all, and he's he's just a gifted phone booth fighter. You know, I always watch him uh, pregame, and he's setting uh, and he's doing his pass sets. Yeah, uh, and he's got he his sucks. hands up fast, right? And he sets fast, and uh, uh, you know what? He is a good player. He is. Uh, he is a good. But his player. upside, yeah. if you ask me, his upside is somewhat like Chase Claypool's. Right. I mean, both these guys can be. You know, they're going to be up for those. Uh, you know, honors someday. You know, they're going to they're they're going to be capable of. You know, maybe Pro Bowl. Who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, Chase Claypool is going to be the. Uh, uh, the Joe Green Award winner. Oh, I, I would. Yeah. I, well, we'll see. Let's wait until the end um, of the year. I'm pushing. A, I'm... I, I would think so. But here's the thing that, you know, it's hard. You got apples and oranges. Yeah. And if uh, and again, this is still early. There's so much to be written about the rest of the season. And we don't want to talk about anything that could happen. Right. right? <laughs> Other than the fact that we don't want, you know, you don't want to talk about mm, the injury bug or anything like that. So, uh yeah. All right, that's my head. Yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah. You know, for both these guys, they're they're, they're terrific picks. Yeah. I can't say enough good about that. And uh, you know what? I, I think Anthony Farland is going to be good. I think uh, he'll be good at some point in time, you yes. You know, I, I think he's going to get it, uh, more carries, more carries as the 
uh, season progresses. We'll see. Again, I'm I'm taking a, a wait and see a little bit with him. Um, he's to me, he's got that gifted outside zone speed and right. cutback. But um, the other things, I just think James is right now more of a right. complete back. And of course, he's James is in the fourth year. Anthony's a rookie. Yeah, you know. So as we move along here, there's it's going to be interesting to see how their games develop. Right. You know, McFarland's going to add more tools to his toolbox, and you know, you're going to see uh, Dotson doing similar. I mean, I wonder if Kevin Dotson is up this week. Right. You don't know. I mean, right. we got to find out. We well, to- uh, if uh, David DeCastro's not up, well, he's, that's he's what I'm saying. We don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're just kind of, you know, if you, here's the whole thing. Um, can you pull a fat pad? Yeah. You know? David DeCastro, abdominal injury. Uh, we used to call it pulling a fat pad. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and the and the fact is, you know, we don't know the extent of the injury. We saw him walk off. Right. And again, like we were talking about last night in the point after, I wonder how much of that could be due to uh, overcompensation due to the knee injury and things like that with Dave, does it have any correlation? I don't know. Right. Um, I hate to see this for David. He's such a, a, a great player, great teammate, and uh, a great, a great guy. guy. So, yeah. And so hopefully he can he can play, but uh, we're going to have to find out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, ab injuries, do they – do they go have you long? ever pulled an ab? I've never no, pulled an I, ab. I've never pulled an you ab. You got to have an ab, to, an ab muscle to pull an ab. Jacob, yeah. have you ever pulled an ab? An ab, you know, an abdominal uh, muscle. No. See, I you got to have one to pull one. Is right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. We used to call it a fat pad. <laughs> I got one big one. You know, some people have a six pack. I have a keg. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just the way. It, I'm, I'm just one mass up there. Yeah, so uh, I've never pulled an ab muscle. No, uh, I, I can't. No, I mean, like I said, you you got to have one to pull one. Yeah, yeah. So, to pull. but you know, for David, um, seriously, I just wonder if it happens to be off to the side, you know, in the ribs and stuff like that. If if you know, or if it's just out in front, and uh, what caused that? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's you, know, you take one in the slinger. You got a lot of padding up there usually. Yeah, but may- maybe he. Uh, Pulled it, wrestling with uh, one of those yeah, Fletcher Cox. Yeah, Fletcher yeah. Cox. He would be. He would be. A, that's like bear wrestling with that guy. Right. That, that guy's that, huge. That's a bear. So I don't know. You know, we're gonna find out. Cause stay tuned because in the locker room here after uh, we check off, we'll be right back on because of Mike Tomlin press conference. Right. And uh, you know, we'll find out and get an update because you wonder, Marquise Pouncey, Dave DeCastro. Yeah. Um, these are, you know, Deontay Johnson. Where are they at, and, and how far along are they, and are they going to be available? What, did uh, Pounce uh, – He had a foot thing foot going injury. on. Yeah. He had a foot injury going on, Chalooch, and I, I – you know, he went off late, in the, you know, just before the end of the game. J.C. Hassenauer came on. Yeah. J.C. had only had like six plays prior and since he's been here since 2018. Yeah. He's only had, I think, six set special team snaps. Basically, because you know BJ was here, and uh, you know he was uh, when when he came, he went in for Mar- uh, Marquise last year, um, so we lost BJ, and uh, it's JC Hassenauer if uh, Marquise can't go. But I I think he's I think he's available. If I recall, Missy last night, Missy Matthews from the Steelers.com, when we did the point after, she was saying uh, it sounded like he was 
could be good to go. We're all, this is all pure speculation. Yeah. Tune in for the Mike Tomlin press conference, and we'll get the big word from the big guy on that. Oh, B.J. Finney, have you seen him play at Seattle? Uh, I know. I saw him on the sidelines. Uh, the one time, you know, I was tuning into the Seattle game, and I saw him on the sidelines, and I meant to focus on him uh, and see if he got into the game, but I, I, I didn't see him. Yeah. You know, so I wonder how he's doing because they just had a little one not too long ago, you know, in the right. last year. So you know how that is when you're when you're a dad. You know, you're hungry to play. You got to make the money. Yeah. Because you got kids. Miles you got to make now. the money. You, you can't make the money if you don't play. So, yeah. indeed, uh, that's it's interesting to me. So, all right, we get back to our rookies. Right. All right. And the fact is Chase Claypool looks so very good. You know, we've we got Kevin Dotson. We've got Anthony McFarlane. You know, um, who's some of the others? Give me Alex some others. Alex Highsmith. You got it. Oh, yes. There's another that uh, might have some playing time coming up. You right. T.J. Watt. Uh, yeah, he, he, he was. He doinked his shoulder. Uh, you know, Alex Highsmith uh, has been uh, filling in for Bud Dupree and uh, T.J. Watt uh, whenever they're tired. And uh, uh, Alex Highsmith, I don't think he's got a sack yet. Not yet, I don't think. But um, he's but he's got a, a great spin move, and he's got a great club inside, and he's got a great dip and rip. I think right now his greatest strength is just his feel. He's just got a natural feel. Right. He applies those things, and, and it's he kinda, sets the edge. Yeah, you know he, he does all those things. Um, he just got to watching him go through work through his mechanics and a pass rush. It's interesting because he seems to um, naturally flow into all those things you know right he doesn't look like uh, the mechanical you know dip rip, and then run hard and he's got a he's a natural pass rusher i think yeah i think he's got a natural instinct to get on the hunt after the quarterbacks when he disengages he he's he's quick to close on him he's quick to pounce on him he's uh, one of those guys that i think he has a natural aptitude to rush the passer so we'll see how he develops he's continuing yeah he and uh he's He's good. He is good. And I think he is, he, again, he's another one of these guys that you look at the upside and you're thinking, this draft class could be special. Right. You know what I mean? Because there's a number of people that they've got that uh, you look at and go, you know, some of the upside on these dudes, I mean, whether it's Chase Claypool or Kevin Dotson or, or the Highsmith, you know, McFarland, I mean, these guys all got something pretty, going pretty special for them. Yeah. And I hope. I hope that they're able to, you know, uh, navigate the, the the perils of, of this game and yeah. stay healthy and be able to uh, grow as men and as uh, leaders on the on this uh, football team because I think this is a really uh, a very quality quality type class of guys. Right, right. And uh, Anthony McFarland, he's a very humble man, and he, he have you talked to him? I've, I, I've, I've heard him talk. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. We. I'm sitting there going. We, we don't talk. To yeah, him. I forgot. I forgot. No, we don't talk to him because we don't, we're not on any Zoom calls with him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, he, he he does sound though. I've not listened much to him on the Zoom calls. Yeah. And that you got a good take on that? Yeah, yeah. He's very humble, and he's got great vision. He's got a great jump cut, and he uh, and he bounces it outside. You know, the one that bothered me was you know they got him in the game. And they had that snap to Ben, and he pitches it. And it's like an influence thing, and that didn't go anywhere. Right. You know, I mean, last weekend with the Eagles, you know, it was just a little pitch. I would like to see him where he gets that opportunity to press that edge and then work the cutback and right. just keep working it. I also think, 
and it would be I think he would be one of those guys that you could um, get out on a screen or maybe a draw. Right. You know, because he's got some great – his acceleration stuff is fun to watch. Right. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys that when he steps on it, you see all of a sudden where he is creating separation between him and anybody in a different colored jersey. You know what I mean? He just gets – he gets her going there. So, I don't know. I look – I got Chase Claypool, I think, obviously dominant. Kevin Dotson could be a dominant player. He's right. got that ability. Alex Highsmith also – could be a dominant player someday. Right. You know, McFarland is a guy who certainly would have superior qualities maybe into a dominant player someday. I don't know. His speed is capable. Um, but certainly uh, the, the top three that we were talking about, first of all, those guys, man, oh, man. So I like where this rookie class is going. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, and, uh, they, they, you know, if for not having a first-round pick, uh, they got to chase Claypool in the second round. How do you find a Claypool in the sec- second round? I mean, that's just that's that's like ridiculous. Well, I I, I don't think uh, uh, teams were focused on him because there was a lot of wide receivers that right. are fast and good. Uh, but uh, um, you how know, many could there be? How many could? Be faster and better than this guy, though. Well, you know what? Uh, I think uh, many teams thought he was raw. How could you be that far off? Right. I mean, to me, I don't know. Just looking at him when he came in, and I know we didn't see everything. We just saw going through training camp and all those things. We didn't have the advantage of the, the off-season snaps and the mini camps and things like that. Right. But when you see him, this guy – what what could he possibly lack? You got a guy who's on L three on the opening kickoff, right? Goes down the field, makes the hit, then he comes back and has a four touchdown day. Yeah, I, I'm like going, wow, oh, man, he's got a special team stud. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but just his willingness. Because here's the thing about it, you know, uh, playing a position that that demonstrates your talent, right? But playing special teams. That demonstrates your, your desire, your yeah, toughness. and your desire. Because yeah. who you you don't just go, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do the special teams. No, I mean he puts his hand up. He I, says, "I want to go for the special teams." That's I, right. I, I was fired up for the special teams because I didn't play. Uh, well, exactly. But think about him. Virtually a first round right. draft pick, right? Yeah. How many first round draft picks say, "Yeah, put me at L three on the kickoff." L three is a dangerous spot. Yeah. Okay. Now I only saw L three from my L two. All right, because I was I was L two on the kickoff team. L three is one of those seam splitters. You go down and you you get to rail one of those. Uh, well, back in the day, it used to be the wall as it would be coming up on right. a kickoff return. But uh, you've got to be a guy that that uh, has no regard for your own personal safety or that of anybody else. L three is a real headhunter position. Yeah, and he 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 lights them up. Changing the the conversation. Uh, Dimitrov and Dan uh, Quinn got uh, fired yesterday from Atlanta. Oh, you're talking about Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. I was a little bit surprised by that, but I saw Arthur Blank said, well, winning, he said something about it's uh, it's all about winning, and they weren't winning, basically. And Bill O'Brien. Uh, Bill O'Brien, yeah. Romeo Cornell is. Uh, He's the oldest head coach yeah, in the NFL yeah, now. Yeah. And to get a win in the NFL. I wonder, He must be in his 70s now. 72. 72? Yeah. All right. 
Uh, that would be, let's see, that was Ray Snell, Moon Mullins. Who else? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jersey number. Um, well, you know what? Change uh, is inherent in the NFL. Yeah. You know, if you don't win, the NFL is... Anybody else got fired? Uh, I, I'd have to just kind of look at it. I wasn't really prepared to launch in that direction there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I I see in Atlanta, you know, not only they fired they Dan fired Quinn. the yeah the Did head coach off. and the uh, uh, GM. GM. How often do you see that happen? Yeah, I mean that's a double whammy. Right, 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 right. Because now you got to come up with a GM who's got to come up with a coach, you know. And I think Raheem Morris they are expecting to uh, name as a head coach, or that's what everybody's right, saying right, thus right. Yeah. far. Um, of course, Raheem Morris was a head coach for a while at, at, down in Tampa. Um, but uh, I don't know that uh, – um, well, we'll see what they do. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You know, that's way above my pay grade there, yeah, Church. I, I think there – I think someone else got fired. Maybe. Well, as long as it ain't you and me, then I ain't yeah, going to yeah. worry about it. <laughs> All right, we're, uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back with more stuff. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Touch. You're in the locker room, and uh, we are on a victory Tuesday. Right. And uh, uh, we we were so happy that the Steelers are four and zero. With the time. Browns coming at four and one, look out, baby. 1979. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaker. Got to give Philadelphia a lot of credit, man. They tested us. Their ability to convert third downs offensively, I thought, was a significant component of the game. Some of it was self-inflicted by us and penalties and, and missed tackles and so forth. But you got to give them guys credit. They had a good plan. They had a good execution of the plan, and that allowed them to maintain possession of the ball and, and keep us at bay and stay in it. But I like our guys. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Okay, so you come out of that game, all right? Yeah. You come out of the game, your defense does this. Two interceptions, five sacks, seven tackles for loss, and 11 quarterback hits. Gad Zooks. You think, man. That's a ripping defense. Yeah. You're going at it. You're pounding people. You're having at it. You're getting off the field, and no. Uh, you know, uh, at Mike Tomlin uh, was talking about uh, third down conversions. Yeah. Yeah. 10 of 14 including Chaluch. 10 in a row. Wow. I mean, it's like unbelievable. I mean, yeah. they started off the first two, I think, third downs. Didn't go, then ripped off 10 in a row. Then yeah. the last two, uh, the Steelers were able to get off. But how do you account for such a, a just cannibalizing 
offense. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, defense out there. They're just taking the ball away there. They're doing all pounding the, the opposition. Uh, and then uh, how do you count for the third downs? You got to be a chain breaker. <laughs> oh, what a setup. Beautiful. Uh, uh, nice job. Chain breaker. <laughs> hey, Solo, Tunch Ilkin, here we yeah, go. I can't say. <laughs> no, I know. You've come from uh, uh, I, uh, a long line of noted whalers, too. Yeah, no other whalers. Uh, um, but the fact is, think about the third downs. I mean, there was a third and 17 that uh, the Eagles converted. There was right. a third and 12. Oh, man. They converted. And normally, I know that, uh, you know, Mike Hilton is an is a excellent tackler. But uh, the, I think there was something about five passes or so for 70-some yards completed on him where he, you know, was making tackles. Um, you know, they were finding But that him. was zone. I understand. It's zone, and it was, he was the closest to, right. you know. But the fact is, you still have these pockets of areas where you, you've got to be able to come up and make some plays. Right. I mean, I love Mike Hilton. Who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, the guy's terrific but the fact is he led he led the defense in eight tackles right but if you're making tackles down the field yeah that's not exactly what you want yeah you know so the point i'm making is and he had a sack oh yeah he's he's got like three sacks this year yeah you know i mean michael is a guy that you look at and go i can't believe people passed on this guy yeah but um uh he was my camp yes he was yes he was uh, and uh, how nice of you to remind me of that. Okay. <laughs> the fact is, when you look at uh, uh, Mike Hilton and you look at this defense, you've got a great pass rush in front of you. You've had great coverage uh, behind, but at the same time, third down seems to be problematic. And one right. of the things I wonder is how much blitzing are they doing that, that you know, because behind blitzing, you either go zone or you go man. Yeah. Or a combination, if uh, if, yeah. if necessary. But one of the aspects of it is that uh, it seems that Carson Wentz was figuring out we're able to deal with the blitz and get the ball out. Right. And he's been – it's not like Carson has been on a hot tear of late. Yeah, but, you know, he, that, that's the West Coast offense. Uh, Doug Peterson is a West Coast guy. Uh, and uh, Get the ball out yeah, of his hand quick. Get the ball and, out of his hand quick. Uh, you know, Andy Reid's influence uh, – uh, was on Doug Peterson. I wonder if Doug likes cheeseburgers. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, what? Uh, well, Andy Reid said after a loss, "Well, I'm going to get a cheeseburger." <laughs> cheeseburger in paradise. All buddy. right, all right. Let's go to the phone. Cr in Chicago. Cr, what's happening, bro? Hey, Cr, in Chicago. Good morning, you two old folks. Hope everybody's doing well. We're all doing well, man. We're doing great. I know. Yeah. Well, we're live and kicking, so that that's the main thing. Absolutely. Uh, also want to give a shout-out to Inside the Locker Room, uh, Dirty Dozen Plus. I'm not going to use the B word in honor of what the guy uh, calling guy said yesterday because we don't want to use that B based on our opponent this oh, week. Oh, that's you right. You okay with that? That's okay yeah. by me because we don't want to talk about Baker or Browns right now. Oh, I said yeah, it. Yeah, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do we got? You guys, you guys are talking about our um, our rookies. Um, you know, uh, the Steelers have have always done fairly well in um, in drafting. Uh, you got to give Colbert and uh, and the team um, credit for that. So, uh, and as you were saying. You know, it's early in the year, and guys are just starting to, you know, get their sea legs on them. Uh, we didn't have a um, a normal uh, uh, 
preseason. So uh, we're all surprised at what's going on because we didn't have the opportunity to see any of that. If we would have had the preseason, we probably would have saw a glimpse of that. Right. And we wouldn't have been as intoxicated with everybody as we are now. We also got to remember that this is like, what, the first, probably the first weekend of an actual regular season game. So uh, we just got to keep that in mind. Uh, you were talking about um, uh, what happened with the defense. Again, uh, you know, with the 10 uh, uh, consecutive uh, third downs allowed. Uh, but, hey, man, we won the game. You know, and in the past, uh, when we come up against a situation like that, uh, eight times out of ten we would have lost and our record wouldn't be a 4-0. and And, you know, we talked about what 4-0 and means. So uh, just give me a little bit of feedback on, on those comments that I made. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, uh, the defense uh, uh, it, it gave up the third downs, but I tell you that they're a swarming defense. And, uh, you know, they uh, get after the quarterback. They get after the running back. They they just didn't get after one running back on a 78-yard uh, touchdown by uh, 74. Yeah. For the 74. sake of journalistic yeah, integrity yeah. by Miles Sanders. <laughs> by Miles Sanders. And uh, you know, uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I was looking at that and uh, I heard somebody say it and I looked at it like two or three times yesterday. And there was a holding penalty on that, but it didn't get called. If that holding penalty would have got called against uh, one of our uh, uh, defensive players, uh, that, that play wouldn't have worked. Do you remember seeing that? Well, I saw that Terrell Edmonds was being held as he ran down the field. Yeah, you know, I you mean, know but there, there's been a lot of holding. And uh, it seems that the refs have uh, quit on the holding penalties. Well, here's the one area that absolutely frosts me. Yeah. Okay, and this is – you look at the fact you got a team, you got 20 sacks, and you got 50 hits, quarterback hurries hits. Right. Okay, so that's 70 plays times five opposition offensive line. You got 350 separate opportunities right. to look at a possible holding scenario. Yeah. And not one. I mean, think about that. Are you serious? You're telling me in over 350 separate pass rushing opportunities that have resulted in either a sack or a quarterback hit or hurry. You don't have one guy that's holding a Steelers defensive lineman. Well, you Come know, we, we should have uh, uh, played in this year. Oh, yeah. With the we lack of holding. <laughs> oh, yeah. We could have gotten away oh, with yeah. so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my heavens. But, but, but then again, you, you got to be careful because, you know, when, when you you know how them offensive linemen do what they do, they, they hit their buddies and they don't let their buddies know they hit them. So you got to be careful. With them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's there, there's truth in that. There's truth in that. Anything else, no. brother? No, I just wanted to say, um, you know, um, Tush, I, uh, I've been reading some other stuff. I saw uh, 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 some, something out there where uh, Coach was uh, also uh, working uh, towards, um, you know, helping you uh, mentally, physically, spiritually. So we all, are, uh, we're all in your corner, brother. We, we have mad love for you, and uh, we just uh, appreciate you and. Um, you know, you, you keep us strong, and in turn, we're going to be keeping you strong. Thank you, so, uh, CR. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Thank you for your prayers, okay. and thank you for your encouragement. Okay, and in the meantime, and in between COVID-19, <laughs> here we go, Steelers. Here we go. All right, thank you, Steelers Nation Chicago. Oh, yeah. Duh. Thank you, duh, uh, CR. So, uh, what you know, it, it's uh, – Lack but of holding. Penalties. Think about this. I mean, seriously, nobody 
on the opposition. You got right now. You got four different offensive lines. Yeah. You got a total of three hundred and fifty separate opportunities scenarios that were playing out where the quarterback actually got hit. Now you know that you don't hold if you already got the guy locked out. Right. You hold when you're in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know when things are going bad, and suddenly you know you think your guy has got an opportunity to go hit the quarterback. You hang on him, little man. Be a man of the cloth, right? Right. But the fact is, nobody gets called over the course yeah. of, of four games with the Steelers. Not one offensive lineman has been called in those scenarios. Right. And I right. sit there and I go, that just doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. No. Yeah. So. The... I, I wonder, uh, again, what if there's an edict that came down. I wonder if it's going across the NFL. I don't know. I have not, like, researched that. I just know, given the high velocity and intensity of our defense and the pass rushing scenarios that have uh, been, you know, developed thus far that have unfolded, um, you got to look at it and go, hmm, something's a little strange here. That's the, uh, like, you know, they, they're they not calling the holding penalties. <laughs> we should have been uh, playing these We should these have days. played big days. All right, the, uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back with your calls. He's Wolf, I'm Tunch, and you are in the locker room. We want to see things for the way they really are. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. of our pack is the pack and and to have quality depth in guys that are capable of making plays um you know he was just going to be the guy today um, he had a good matchup and uh he made some plays and they found that rhythm uh i don't want to make it out to be something more than more more than it is um it was his turn today based on a lot of things and he was able to deliver you're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Oh, that's beautiful. You know the music. Yeah. That song is, I love that song. That just opened the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. I want to see you, yeah. Well, that was, now, just to make sure everybody knows, because yesterday I got the two of them confused. That was Mike Tomlin <laughs> talking about Chase Claypool. That was not Chase Claypool doing a, a good, Mark. no, doing a good Tomlin imitation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how I got that all screwed up, but I yeah. did yesterday. Yeah, and it was indeed, um, of course, Mike Tomlin. And here's the thing about it: the, one of the things that I believe is key. Yeah, right now is last year. You remember? I think Ben was throwing the ball before he got hurt, or the year. I'm sorry, the year before. Yeah, um, like. Almost sixty-five percent of the time, or something like that, or six—you know—it's a sixty-forty split, or sixty-five thirty-five, whatever it was. Well, right now, I mean, over the last two games, you're talking about the fact that the offense had thirty-two runs and thirty-four passes against the Eagles, and against Houston, 
38 runs and 36 passes. Now, right. that also includes a couple of kneel balance. downs and stuff balance. like that. But, yeah, that's the balance we're always talking about, Chalooch. It's good to have balance. Yeah, but yeah, that's Mike Malarkey. Mike Malarkey was head coach at Tennessee. He called me up yesterday. Uh, Mark's yeah, all right. Yeah, How's yeah, he doing? Yeah, he's doing great. Oh, good. He, he retired. He retired. Him yeah. and Betsy, where'd they uh, retire they're, to? They're living in uh, uh, outside Jacksonville on the beach. Uh, oh. oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. You know, I remember, I remember after I went to – it was funny because I went to Minnesota. Malarkey came from Minnesota right. to Pittsburgh, and he roomed with you. And I just remember you talked to him into coming back one year, and he, he wrote a note to himself and said, make sure that you, you remember how bad you feel right now in training camp. And don't, don't listen, listen to, to touch. touch. <laughs> That's the funniest thing, man. Yeah. Absolutely funny. But look, having balance is, is huge because right. when you get out of balance, now you tend to be more predictable. And I understand Ben's a Hall of Famer. Right. You know, you got some great receivers to work with. And yeah, I can see that the temptation is just, hey, have at it, baby. But I think the more you balance out, the yeah. better off you're going to be, especially over the long run. The the way you keep uh, uh, defenses flat footed, uh, you know, you know the jet motion and the jet oh, sweeps uh, and the uh, uh, outside zones and the toss sixteen U's uh, and you know when the, the draws and the screens. Absolutely, uh, you know, they all add to yeah. keeping that defense right. on their heels. Yeah, you know, I I love that one that you talked about with James Conner running uh, backside of Chase and Vance coming across the backfield. Right, and it looks like from a linebacker level, it looks like it's going to be the counter trap or a reverse, something of that nature, and yet. The ball comes back the other way. You start moving with the motion. You adjust your motion. Right. And for me, watching the – you know, you never really get you, – you, you, to me, looking at how they time up the snap. Now, Chase came from uh, the slot. Yeah. Right? He's at slot. Vance actually went – shifted from the right to the left and back from the left to the right. And then timed it so that – Chase hit it on the fly, and Vance pulled, and they 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 pulled across the backfield. Uh, they were almost together. Yeah, I think uh, Chase was just a step ahead of Vance, and it was just great because if you're a linebacker, all your eyes has got to be going, man, whoa, yeah. Chase, you know. And then suddenly James is hitting it for 25 yards behind. Right, right. That uh, to me was just outstanding. So that's that's a well crafted play. Yeah, that's well crafted play. And then, then there, so let's go to the phones. Charlie in Latrobe. Charlie, welcome to the locker room. Hey guys, no, that's Tony out in Latrobe. <laughs> oh, Tony, I'm sorry that. Hey, we butcher all kinds of names, it, you know. It, it was Charlie uh, written on the uh, phone. Jacob yeah, says like touches. I he's cross-eyed. <laughs> Whenever uh, he, I said it. I must have said it too fast. He says, "Is that Charlie?" And he got off the phone before, and I wasn't thinking. I was just like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> yeah, but anyhow. Uh, what I called in about, Wolf kind of stole the pork chop off my plate on that when I was talking about it. I wanted to talk about the defense. Like, I'm not quite sure how to feel about that game. You know, it was really cool to watch our offense score that many points and real scary to watch them have to. And 
Yeah. It looked like the defense was killing it all day, and I couldn't figure that one out. It, I felt I came out of that one feeling really conflicted. It's third downs, and it came down to third downs. They've got to get off the field. You can't let mm. uh, the opposition roll for ten consecutive third down conversions. That will kill you in any game. Now, some of it had to do with penalties. They did have some timely penalties. But the Eagles converted a third and 17 and a third and 12. Uh, It was third and nine when Miles Sanders took it to the house, 74 yards. You know, it's unfortunate. Um, Sometimes, and if you're blitzing, which they were in that instance, Cam Sutton came off the edge. Uh, If you're blitzing, sometimes, you, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And that one got him. Right, yeah. But overall, I can't, it's when you hard blitz, to, when you blitz, uh, if your blitzers don't make the tackle, they run by uh, like in trouble, like two ships in the night. Yeah, uh, and uh, and when you uh, break, you get a hole. All of a sudden, the ball carries in the secondary. Well, that happened with Bud Dupree coming around on the twist yeah. as the trailer. You know, you see the backside of Cam. You've got Jordan Milata at uh, 6'8", 356. Yeah. And you got Nate too big. Nate. <laughs> Her big. Her big. 6'4", at, uh, uh, you know, 6'4", 340 pounds. That's, I mean, those two guys together, good heavens. I mean, that's just a massive. You can't see the trees from the forest right. in that case. Yeah, I, I didn't have access to rewatch the game. Thank you for putting that in perspective for me because that's a solid answer I was looking for. I uh, sorry I hadn't been calling in more this year. I missed Tunch when I called in uh, whenever he was away the one day and Wes was sitting in and yeah, we ain't using certain we're not using certain words this week. I'm the one Wes was calling number thirteen because <laughs> I told him that I'm the rock and roll trivia. Uh, yes, out here because I sit here yelling at the radio when you guys get it wrong and I have to call in. You know. <laughs> You know, it's amazing you don't call in more because you talk about getting it wrong, man. Nobody can get as wrong as often as I do. <laughs> well, last last week I was I was it was a heck of a week for me. I had to build a stage and a bunch of other stuff. We were getting ready for a show last Saturday. Ah, uh-uh, no kidding. I'll be here every, every morning this week. All right, beautiful. Well, thank you for jumping in, buddy. Thanks for Charlie. Appreciate you, man. Okay, we'll see you soon. Bye. All right. Bye. All right, uh, let's go to Juan. And that was Tony, just for the fact. Tony, yeah. For the sake of sure. journalistic integrity. It was sorry, Tony. <laughs> sorry about that, Charlie. I know you're Tony. <laughs> Juan in Charleston, South Carolina. Juan, welcome to the locker room. Hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? We're doing great. How you doing, Juan? Doing great. Shout out to my guy, the Dirty Dozen. Can't see the B-word this week. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, very good indeed. Okay, um, let's get to the final stop. So I, every, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch the replay. They were doing a lot of holding in that game. That doesn't make any sense. Like on the Miles Sanders big run, Will mm-hmm. Emmons was getting hold on the whole, whole way down the field. Yeah, no flag was, no flag was thrown. Um, the guy on the offensive line, hey TJ in the in the in the hole, they didn't call that. Oh yeah, right. And they had to, there was other people getting gription on you know some of the other guys too. But here's the thing about it, you know, if they don't call it, you still got to make the play. And you know, Chuck Noll always had the simplest answer: How do you get? How do you stop him from holding? He, he, he said, "Oh, he was holding me. Don't, don't let, let him, him hold, hold you." you. <laughs> that was Coach <laughs> Noll. 
<laughs> you know, and and you know, if if it took a little bit of a violence on your part to to do it, so be it. Yeah, you know. But uh, the fact is, you don't let them hold you. You know, I mean, Coach Noel was very very pragmatic. Yeah, in uh, how to how to take care of any problem. And, and Joe Green uh, <laughs> took that seriously. Literally, yeah. He he bolo punched uh, guys in the gut. Paul, anybody remember when he went to the Denver huddle and bolo punched Paul Howard, yeah, the guard? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I laugh every time I see that because uh, you watch Joe. He walked into the Denver huddle and punched him, and all the Denver linemen turned and pointed at Joe Green and said, hey, ref, do something about him. And, but nobody did anything about and, him. And then when he walked through the uh, Philadelphia Eagles yeah. huddle and he elbowed, elbowed two guys. Yeah, it was funny. So anyhow, yeah, there was a little bit too much holding, but you can take care of that on your own. That's a little something you got to work on. Hey, hey, that's Joe Green. Who want to say something to that guy? I know, <laughs> I know. He he could terrify you. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah, and also uh, I got a stat for you guys. Ben, okay. Ben was thirteen. Ben was thirteen for thirteen, one fifty-eight on third down passing. Say that again, please. Thirteen ben for thirteen, 13 on third time. Thirteen. Throwing third down for 158 yards. 158 yards. Wow. wow. Yeah. That, yeah. It was he, he was he's playing great. Oh man, I mean, think about that. That he was almost 80 percent completion rate. That was like uh, that's that's phenomenal. And a 125.4 QBR. Don't forget the point four for the sake yeah. of journalistic integrity. Yeah, and um, also, guys, uh, I was listening to Joe Hayden, and Joe Hayden um, said, um, ever since training camp, he was telling us about Claypool. He said, y'all heard it from you first. This guy's going to be good. So Joe Hayden was the first one in that tour stealing me and bought this guy, and this guy's living up to the hype. You know what? I think that the Chase Claypool is definitely not hype. He's going to be he's, the hype. He's going to be. Know? Uh, uh, I mean, player. some guys you, you hear so much about, and they don't live up to. I mean, Chase is—he is just really fun to watch. I know that. I'm sure Mike Tomlin has had that conversation with him, where he says underpromise and overperform. You know, you know. When uh, the, uh, Chase Claypool reminds me of Louis Lips, he busted on the, yeah. uh, on the scene, scene yeah. in 1984. Yeah, and he had uh, punt returns for touchdowns. Uh, and uh, big play touchdowns, and I think he went to the Pro Bowl. I think so. Yeah. Then he had hammy problems. Yeah. So let's hope he doesn't have yeah. Chase doesn't have hammy problems. Hey Wolf, you know, hey Wolf, it, it was Canadian, um, Canadian um, Thanksgiving, so that's why Ben was feeding the guy. That's why he was eating good Sunday. <laughs> they, they had Canadian Thanksgiving. Did they have that? Yeah. Yeah. When yesterday that? was Thanksgiving for Canada. Oh, maybe. Uh, all right. Well, top shelf Canadian bacon. He sizzles. There you go. On on Canadian <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, that's why he was eating good on Sunday. So I guess so, gotta, man. Yeah, we got to continue this. We got to continue this week because the next three games is going to be kind of kind of tough with the next two being divisional games. So we got to keep it up. Absolutely. There are going to be some tough games coming up yeah, here. Yeah. 4-1 Browns coming in. And also we've got, uh, let's see, then they got trips to 3-0 Tennessee, 4-1 Ravens, and the 2-3 Cow- Cryboys. I'm right. Cowboys, sorry. Yeah. Did I say that? Yeah, I'm Cryboys. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Thanks for why- Thanks for calling, Juan. God bless you, buddy. We're going to roll here, brother. All right. All right. So, um, you know, you look at this. 
Chalooch, we've got uh, next one up uh, besides the, the the Browns. If Tennessee, I wonder if they're even going to be able to you know continue. They're supposed to play tonight. Yeah, and uh, hopefully they they've you know taken care of that outbreak. But uh, the Ravens and then traveling to the Cowboys. That's right. that's a hard road trip. Even the Cow- the Cow- Cowboys are two and three, but they've lost Dak Prescott. But yeah, Andy but Andy Dalton's Dalton good. looked good. He did look good, and I just wonder if. Um, you know, having Dalton as a quarterback, they start going. You know, we can't depend on the arm and feet of Dak Prescott, so we got to start feeding the ball to Ezekiel Elliott and get back to the run game first. And I wonder if that's that could be a blessing in disguise for right, the Cowboys. Right, right, right. Could be. All right, uh, all right we're going to take a break. Uh, uh, top yep. of the hour, Bob Lab. That's right, is the labs. Coming. Labs. Uh, uh, he's Wolf. I'm Touch. You're in the locker room, and we'll be back after this. Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. All right. Welcome back. You want to talk about glory days? We have the Steelers historian and Steelers.com, Steelers Digest, and all things Steelers, Bob Labriola. Oh, Labs is, uh, he writes whatever he uh, assisted Dan Rooney in his book. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. And, all uh, things Steelers. Yeah, all Labs, things how you Steelers. doing? Labs. Good morning, fellas. How, how you, you doing? doing? Oh, sorry, we're Another jumping big- on top of each other. Another Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, what did, what did you think of the uh, five thousand fans that were in the stadium on uh, Sunday? You know, I thought I thought it was nice, you know, to have some people there. Uh, I thought it was nice for the people that got to go. Um, but you know, I've never been in Heinz Field for a Steelers game, you know, and it looked like that, and so you know, it was a little bit kind of sad to me in, in a way, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, seeing it like that and, you know, the, the, the fact that that's what we've kind of had to come to. But um, as I said, I'm sure that um, the people who were there seemed to enjoy it, and uh, I'm sure that the players preferred it, certainly, to what it was those first two home games. Man, that was weird. I mean, that was really, really weird. Nobody in the stands, uh, you know, pumped in noise. Made me feel like I was in Indianapolis in their dome. <laughs> you know, that was one of the interesting parts of that was the first couple time, first games there with nobody in was when they went to a TV timeout and you just saw the players like standing on the field like looking at each other. You know, normally there, there's just things going on and it's raucous and all kinds of stuff and it was just quiet and it right. was just really eerie. But I will say this. One of the things I, I love is the fact that the players got to bring their families and for players I know from 
Tunch and I from back in our days, one of the most important moments was after you, you're ready to kick off, just before you go out on the field and you're going to lay it all on the line, have a go. You just give a little nod to the missus up there in the stands with the kids, and it's just one of those things that kind of grounded you right before you went out to participate. So I know that the players uh, had to appreciate the fact that the, their families were allowed in. Yeah, and um, you know what I was surprised, though, too, was no renegade. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised at wow. that, too. You know, I mean, because um, they could have – dialed something up i thought i yeah. you know, renegade wiser yeah I, you know I, I don't i don't i don't really know um usually it's in the fourth quarter before a key defensive stop and i don't know man the way that todd uh fulgham was catching those third down passes maybe they were afraid that you know renegade uh, lose <laughs> the mojo right before our very eyes you know this is the one thing we were talking about this yesterday uh, and we're talking, continue to talk about it. You look at the Steelers' defense labs, and and I, I, two interceptions, five sacks, seven tackles for loss, eleven quarterback hits versus the Eagles, and yet, how did they convert ten uh, third down conversions in a row? I mean, my gosh, that leaves you kind of like scratching your head there. Yeah, I mean, and I'm no uh, strategist or anything, but it just what it seems to me is, and this is going to be my theory, and I'm going to stick to it. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I think that that the the secondary um, is as the way the game is being uh, officiated slash legislated this mm-hmm. year. I don't think the secondary is capable of holding up um, when the when the, the Steelers blitz five or six guys on third downs and there's no holding penalties called mm. because if if the pass rush doesn't get there one two three now. Um, you 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 got coverage problems, uh, and I, I think that what they're doing is mostly, it seems. I mean, you guys watch a lot more uh, video than me. Um, what they're doing is trying to play zone behind the blitz. Right. Yeah. They, and yeah. And so you know, a guy like Carson Wentz. I mean, they may hate him in Philadelphia, but he's a good player. Yeah. Know, I'm, I'm here to tell you. And you know, a guy like him. I mean, he knows where those holes are. Right. And you know. Uh, again, all due all due respect, um, you know Mike Hilton is a liability in those situations. I mean, against a guy who's six five or whatever, uh, you know he was in good position a couple of times, but um, there was just nothing he could do. And so, uh, you know, circumstances, uh, a good quarterback, uh, the officiating. Um, I don't know. Maybe it seems to me that maybe on third downs you got to count on your best four to win some matchups and try and maybe do some uh, hocus-pocus in the back end to confuse the quarterback that way. Try it anyway. You know, uh, one of the things you you uh, are so right, uh, Labs, that they were playing zone, uh, and uh, uh, Carson Wentz, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, the, the week before, when they uh, the 49ers played zone, he looked uh, uh, paralysis by analysis, but uh, he adjusted to the Steelers when they played zone, and he completed the passes. Uh, and I, I thought he picked on the shorter guys like Mike Hilton, right? Uh, and uh, but uh, the uh, the two picks by Steve Nelson were the big plays of the game on the defense. Uh, with the sacks. Yeah, and, you know, again, I'm, I think that there was enough 
video on the Steelers' defense at this point. You know, for the Eagles, they had three games uh, to study. And so I, I think that they were prepared maybe for, for some of the uh, pressure packages in ways that maybe some of the previous opponents were not. And so, uh, you know, again, I know that you guys would have loved to be playing now because <laughs> seriously, I, I, I mean, I, I went to, you know, high school dances. All right. We've had, oh, we, we lost we, labs. We lost labs. Oh, I know. And I, I wanted to hear what he did he, at high school, dances. high school dances, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause I wanted to ask him because, you know, Chalooch, we talked about this before. One of the things that is, is mind boggling to me is that you can go through four games now. Yeah. With our defensive line, the the most sackable defensive pass rushing group in the right. NFL, you got uh, you've got twenty sacks, you've got over fifty quarterback hurries, right? And uh, that that's five different offensive linemen. You're talking about what three hundred and fifty different opportunities when you're under duress. You know, if you're either giving up a, a hit, a quarterback hit, or a sack, you're under a lot of duress. So you would be hanging on to a guy. So we're back. He's Labs, back. do we have you? Yeah, I'm back. Um, you know, I, as I was saying, wait a minute. Tell I, us I, what I, happened at the high school dance. What happened? Easy, Wolfie. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, I understand the league, the league's interest. You know, in not having these games devolve into um, you know a penalty fest. But um, you know, I think that you have to call some things. Uh, you just do, unless you know you, you want to see uh, Big Twelve football in the NFL. Right. Really, that's what it's becoming. And um, so anyway, uh, but in, in the meantime, until that happens, you know, I think that the, the Steelers would be uh, wise to, to start mixing it up a little bit on third downs more, not just mixing up pressure packages, but trying to mix up coverages. Um, and because I'm not in favor of blitzing and then playing man-to-man in the secondary. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, you know, that's like running around with nitroglycerin. Um, that'll blow up in your face. So, um, I don't know. Uh, it should be a busy, busy week in the defensive team meeting room, uh, trying to all this week. And then, yeah. And, and today when they figure out a game plan, cause I'm here to tell you, uh, the Cleveland Browns are better. Yeah, they are. Any team the Steelers have played so far. And what's making me nervous about the Cleveland Browns is, they're now all of a sudden, hey, this winning is fun. We like to win. And a lot of the complaining about I don't get the ball enough has quieted down, and they're coming together as a team. And um, so I don't know how much help that the Steelers can expect to get from the Browns themselves on Sunday at Heinz Field. Uh, and so uh, this, this to me is, you know, for someone who lives in his fears, this is, this is a scary game for me. Yeah, and uh, if if they run the ball effectively, it's going to be Katie bar the door. Uh, You know, one of the things they do, uh, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield uh, on play-action passes, he launches the ball long, and uh, he's uh, very accurate in his long ball uh, on the play-action pass uh, and more accurate than he is in the pocket. Yeah, and, you know, the thing about last year even, one of the things you could count on the Browns for not having is a really good offensive line. Right. And I would imagine that, first of all, they seem to look better to me, but I also got to believe that unit has been helped by 
their running game. No because, question. Because, as you mentioned, Tunch, you got to, if you're, you know, the opposing defense, you have to take care of that first. Right. Because, you know, Chubb and, well, Chubb's on um, IR now. But um, Kareem Hunt and the other guy they have, I can't think of his name right now, who's not that bad, uh, you know, they'll, they'll run the ball. The Browns will run the ball 40 times. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're not opposed to that. That's another thing that the Steelers can't count on from the Browns this year is, you know, uh, bad decision-making from the sideline. Um, you know, that Kevin Stefanski, I didn't know anything about him before he got that job. Um, and I'm not nominating him for the Hall of Fame or anything, but he seems to have settled that program down a little bit. And they're not doing a lot of the slappy things that you could always count on a Browns team doing uh, to put themselves in position to lose a game. And so, as I said, this is going to be a, you know, the Browns are a real opponent. You can't be fooled by those orange helmets anymore. I would agree with you, Lebs. And one of the things that I, I, I think uh, we're probably probably talking about more is listening to that guy Baker Mayfield in post-game interviews and everything. Seems like he's growing up. Seems like he's starting to mature in his words that he speaks and his plan, uh, play on the field. He's not all bravado and everything as much as he used to be. And I think he's playing with that in mind, you know, taking care of the ball. Not making yeah, ridiculous mistakes. Yeah, that's disappointing to me. You know, I was kind of <laughs> hoping we could count on him, you know, acting like a twelve-year-old, you know, for about another three or four years. But I mean, it's not happening. You're right. right he's maturing, and I think that, um, you know, the way he interacts with his teammates. Because I've watched some games, uh, Browns games, when we've had the ability to, you know, on, on unscheduled bye weeks, etc. And um, you know, it seems like he's interacting with. Uh, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and some of those other guys, you know, those high-maintenance diva types. And, you know, you like to see that from your quarterback, too, if, you know, you're on that team or a fan of that team. It seems like he's kind of maybe maturing a little bit in, in terms of being a leader and, a and a you know, a game manager kind of thing. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, as I said, it's uh, for the Steelers and Steelers fans, it's unfortunate because you could count on him to do some or to do some things stupid or say <laughs> some things that are foolish, and you know use that to help beat that team. But he's really they're, they're, the Browns aren't helping their opponents anymore like they used to. You no, know, that's uh, for you sure. were talking about Kevin Stefanski. He used to be uh, the play caller of the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, uh, he, you know, Zimmer. Uh, likes to run the ball and play tough defense, and he was running the ball and uh, play action pass, and so he's uh, put that uh, offense uh, in the Cleveland Browns uh, now, and uh, I, you know, the, it's uh, they're an effective running game. They they run the outside zone with Kareem Hunt, and he is great at it, and he's got a great jump cut, and he presses the tight end, and he bounces it outside, and uh, uh, he's uh, a good running back. Labs, i got to throw something at you real quick. Uh, Miles Garrett comes back to uh, Pittsburgh. Um, interesting yeah, I was reception. Just, I was, right. I, I, was, I was going to uh, bring him up, too, as another indication of the Browns um, you know, maybe maturing into a dangerous, legitimate contending team and, and as opposed to just, you know, a team that uh, some of the media picks to, you know, to try and hit a long shot. 
But yeah, this this guy, Miles Garrett, he is a um, he looks to be like a legitimate problem for uh, offensive lines, and you know you got to keep him off Ben. Uh, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm sure you guys, if you haven't studied it already, will how they use him and deploy him. But it seems to me they move him around too. Right. He's not one of those guys <laughs> where you can count on him being, you know, in the same spot all the time. And so he's only one guy's problem. But uh, yeah, he's he looks like a, a full time job to deal with now too. And you know, as I said, the Browns are maturing. They got a lot of those high picks on defense. Uh, their offensive divas are seemingly coming into some some level of maturity. Uh, their coaching staff is not a joke anymore, and um, you know they're a dangerous team. They are. There's no doubt about it. And the one thing about Miles Garrett, I, I thought about this, and we were laughing about this yesterday, Tunch and I. We're talking about the fact he just moves around and he's looking for that matchup. And Chaluch, when he if he's over you, what do you think he's saying? He's uh, the pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be the pigeon? You don't want it to be you. All right, Labs, thank that, you so a, very much. Labs, that's that. That's when we were playing the Philadelphia Eagles at home, and. Uh, all day, uh, Reggie White was lined up against me. And so uh, uh, on the, the two-minute offense, uh, when we came up to the line of scrimmage, Reggie White was on blank. And he Brian said, Blankenship. Brian Blankenship. And he goes, what's he doing here? I said, ask, ask him. him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know how that All goes? Right, fellas. Thank you, Labs. We appreciate you. And that's Bob Labriola. Uh, oh, Bob Labriola. All right, sounds good. Bob Labriola, the everything that Steelers. Uh, Historian, Steelers.com, Steelers, Steelers Digest, yeah. everything. So yeah. we'll be right back after this. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Welcome back, everybody. In the locker room, it's Tunch and Wolf. And I got, you know, this is funny because we got, of course, it's Ben talking there. But think about this, Chaluch. Uh, since Cleveland First Energy, or the the Factory of Sadness, as yeah. it's known in Cleveland. All right. Since then... All right, it opened in 1999, and since 2004, um, Ben was a rookie. All right, yeah. he's got 11 wins in First Energy. Baker Mayfield just got his 12th. He's 
Ben was the all-time winningest quarterback in First Energy Stadium, or yeah. Factory of Sadness, until last weekend when Baker Mayfield finally posted his 12th victory there. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I, I thought that's, that was rather rather funny because Derek Ander- Anderson had the previous high-water mark for home team quarterbacks. The moose for from Capoose. Yes, the moose from Capoose. You are right. He's a no- he was from North Dakota. Exactly. So here you go. You got Baker Mayfield is finally the all-time winningest home quarterback Yeah. Uh, at, at, at First Energy. So anyhow, all right, Chaluch, biggest question I got now is um, Miles Garrett. You've seen him. Right. This guy is, is, I don't, you know, I understand whatever happened last year and it right. happened. You know what? You got to come out and you got to play ball. And yeah. you're going to have to play ball against this guy. This guy moves around. Yeah. And this guy is very talented. Yeah, yeah. And, and you you know, one of the things, uh, mostly he plays on the tackles. Uh, and uh, Alejandro and uh, Chooks, uh, man, I, I I think those guys uh, maybe the, you you get the chip uh, from as the as much back. as possible yeah, and get yeah. the wall wherever he's at. Right now, he's going to move on his own. And one of the things that we saw last week, and just the little bit of film that we've seen thus far on yeah. him, is the fact against the Colts, he was so effective. He made Phil Rivers panic and throw. An incomplete pass uh, out of the end zone. They called for intentional grounding. They got a safety, yeah, and really uh, put them behind because they, you know, uh, the 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 game was getting close. Yeah, and uh, I tell you, Miles Garrett just absolutely did it. Devastated the Browns. Yeah, he is uh, a, a great pass rusher. He is a great. Do you pass watch rusher. how he moves his shoulders yeah. and he, you know, he's able to really get into a deep crouch when he turns and runs the arc. Right. Uh, you know, he gets guys punching down on his back and he'll drop a shoulder. Yeah. And he has ability to maintain his gription with his feet on the ground and, and coming around that corner, man. You know, if you were a good puncher, you'd punch him to the ground when he when he. Most guys his aren't back. though. Most yeah. guys aren't. They don't. They yeah. don't punch, and and as soon as he gives the, that back, um, a lot of guys go over the top, right? And they get caught, and they yeah. they they lose a step or two. And he's quick enough; he can come the back door and right. still get the quarterback. He got Phil Rivers on a sack right. coming around the back door. Um, this guy is—he's no joke. I mean, you're going to have to account for him. You're going to have to work with a chip. You're going to have to maybe set the tight and end there. And Sheldon Richardson. He's and, another guy. Uh, Larry Ogajoga. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've got a front four. They, they've got a front four. That's, that's going to come after you. Yeah. You know? And so one of the things I obviously you're going to have to do is is try to neutralize uh, Miles Garrett with some of the screens and yeah. draws, things that, you know, he's he's very explosive. He gets up right. field, and hopefully you can use that against him. A little bit of uh, – So uh, Larry Ogajobi is hurt. Did did he get hurt? I don't know yeah. yet. We'll have to uh, find out because I haven't really started breaking it down uh, uh, for this week. Right. Um, certainly, I know this. Miles Garrett's got like six sacks. I mean, he has got uh, in, in what five games. He's just on a hot pace. But watching him play, you know, I mean, you got you. I, I think you got to roll the quarterback a little bit and vary the launch point. Can yeah. Make him guess a little where where well, the, you got to run the ball first. Well, run the ball run obviously. The ball if you can't run the ball, you're going to be in real trouble. Right. Yeah. With this guy, third and long. Yeah. Third. All right. Don't want to be third and long. Let's go to the uh, phones. Greg in Richmond. Greg, welcome to the locker room, brother. How you doing? Hey guys, long time no here. <laughs> Why is that? I was trying. 
I was trying to chime in last week, and I couldn't get through. I kept dropping my signal. I guess I'm going to have to change my name to CR1 and get on contract, man. Those guys are consistent. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just have to, you know, we're just going to have to make an extra effort to get you in, man. Yeah, all right, Greg. Oh, it's all good. You get a call early, Greg. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. Hey, guys, I was listening to uh, Labs earlier. He made a good point about uh, this game coming up, man. I'm kind of on a certain kind of way about our secondary. Uh, I know uh, 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 divisional games can be real real grimy and, uh, and, uh, and real tough to play in uh do you think it's going to be a, a low-scoring game or a high-scoring game? Oh, high-scoring high. game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to have to match. Yeah. You know, guys, you're going to match up against each other. This is going to be um, an intense game. I'm excited already. OBJ, it's only Tuesday. Jarvis Landry, yeah. uh, Kareem Hunt, you got and it. Chase Claypool. And, and uh, the return of Miles Garrett. I'm yeah. telling you what, this game has got a lot of sub-stories going for it. Oh, it's up, uh, uh, and I, I'm like, well, Steven Nelson, you know, he's, I know he got two interceptions, but the ball was really thrown Steven Nelson. I'm just, I'm just concerned about, you know, they, they, you there, Greg. Hello. Hello. Do we lose you? We've got some we gremlins in the lines here. We lost them. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about that, Greg. <laughs> Call back and we'll get you in, buddy. All right, uh, let's go to the phones. Mojo Al in Washington. Mojo Al, welcome to the locker room. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, hey, Mojo I, Al. I, I, I got a lot of stuff in a little time. Okay. Hey, um, I was uh, want to thank Juan for uh, reminding you about the Mojo because I was thinking it didn't work because you didn't mention me, Wolf. You didn't <laughs> mention me, so I was thinking – Touch, you're right. And then Juan brought it up, so I said, I guess it worked. So <laughs> you're, back, you're back off the hook. Mojo, and you know, mea culpa, sir. Uh, All right. Mo, Mojo Al, I love you, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then, Touch, I just got a prayer out for you, and I'm not going to say no more about it. You, you, you and uh, Wolf prayed for me when I told you that I was in the cheer. Three years ago, I lost the ability to walk, and I did the martial arts. And you guys said a prayer for me as paralyzed from the waist down after being uh, uh, out businessman, owner, and all that stuff. And so I got a prayer for you. Thanks. Uh, so, thanks, Mojo Al. I love you, bro. Thank you for you your guys, concern. Thank you for your friendship, and thank you for your prayers. You guys. You guys said a beautiful prayer for me, so that I want to return that to you. And then um, you guys also asked about what did uh, people think about the fans there. I don't get to watch the game because I don't have any of that stuff out here. I don't have cable or nothing since my life changed. But I listen to it on the radio, and what's really nice about it is, like when they throw a flag and all that stuff like that, I get to know what the call is because the fans were able to tell me what the call was so when it favored us you could hear the fans so I, like <laughs> I like the fans back into the stadium so that was really cool and then in our fantasy uh when i was in physical therapy it was a lady that grew up in pittsburgh and her husband she moved out of her husband's fiat fan it was her only downfall but we do fantasy <laughs> together and we pull a clay pulled off the bench 
So we got four touchdowns out of him. All right. I I kept talking to him, and I said, I know these guys. I know these guys. And they said, do it. And I was talking about you guys at Atola. I said, these guys are professional guys, and I know these guys. And they said, pull them. He's going to break out. Absolutely. So I guess I got to send you guys a little bit of the the salary and that I'm going to make out of my GM money this week. No, no, no. Just send them prayers, buddy. That's what we need. That's what we all need. So thank you guys. And I'm listening. I don't get to watch. So I just get to learn and listen from you guys. So I'm out there listening. I don't get to call as much. So. My prayers are with you guys, and thank you guys for all your hard work. All right. Thank you, bud. Thank you, Mojo. I love you, bro. Take care. All right. Let's go to Circus George uh, in Sarasota. Uh, Circus George, welcome to the uh, locker room. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? First thing I – good, good. Hey, how's, how's your back doing? You good? It's great. Oh, it's good. Great. I, I, I'm doing simulated uh, lifting of a stretcher uh, at PT, and I'm killing it. Good. I'm doing great. All right, good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going back to work Monday, so you guys won't be hearing much from me because I'll be working. Uh, well, Yay. in that case, yeah, that's, that's good. good. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. So, first of all, remind me who the right tackle was from uh, uh, from Philadelphia. Uh, Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson and uh, Jack Driscoll. Lane Johnson he, is uh, with, uh, Lane with Johnson is John Goodman's uh, son-in-law. Really, really. Yeah, yeah, that's a teammate of ours back in the day. Anyways, what I was driving at is that he must have a real personal relationship with TJ because the hugging I saw was just so heartwarming. <laughs> I mean, I was loving. It. I said these guys must go way back. I mean, look, look at the joy here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, there was. I, I was about to. I was about to pull my hair out. I mean, it's but little is left. I'm thinking, all right, the the drink of the evening was Maalox. Yeah, that's what it was during that game. And I'm thinking, if we don't play better than this against the Browns, they're going to teach us a lesson about we aren't the old Browns. Ah, uh, that could quite possibly happen. You got to be on your A game coming this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah, this is not. This is not the old Browns. This is the Browns, the new and improved, and we can beat your butt, Browns. Yep. So. And no I, doubt I don't about it. Anything you don't know, any of them. So, uh, anyways, I really enjoyed the game, but I don't remember if I told you I had to go and pick up the kids from the airport. They were flying into Tampa and I missed the game. Oh no, that's right. To, you did. Tell I us. had to watch it on delay at <laughs> seven o'clock in the evening at my nephew's house. So I'm desperately telling people, do not text me about the game. So I have a couple of friends that are Eagle fans. That I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear a peep until sometime late tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I managed not to see anything about it, but let me tell you, I I could see us losing that game. I'm like, crap, we're ahead by two points. They're going to get a last second field goal and beat us. Yep. But yeah, but that, it was amazing to watch Claypool just just make mincemeat out of that secondary. I was loving that. Oh, what a great pick! What a great find! What a talent! Yes. And then going into small windows in the middle, which two years ago often those were picks. Well, and Ben was throwing them into tight spaces. He was putting it right in there. He was. He's been absolutely sensational. I mean, he looks. He's. He's just been terrific. That's all you can say. Yeah. yeah. And as far as the uh, idea of it being a high-scoring game, the only reason I agree is because all of a sudden our secondary has forgotten what they're supposed to do. <laughs> as far as be near the guy and make a play on the ball. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't get it. I mean, 
They're trying. Hey, you know what? You got to put them in a better position to get the wins. But some of it on those third down conversions, you know, you've got to make a play. And they were in position a couple of times. But, George, we're up against a break. We got to go, buddy. Yeah. You take care, guys. All right. Thanks for calling. I'm glad to hear your back's doing so well and you're back to work. Good for you. God bless, brother. All right. We're heading out now. Attention Wolf in the locker room. We'll be right back after this. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. All right, we're back, and we got the bell lap here for In the Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. And, of course, Chaluch. Oh, and by the way, uh, stay tuned for Mike Tomlin. Right. Uh, afterwards, we'll yeah. be back uh, with Tomlin Press Conference. But i got to ask you about an old friend coming back. Uh, old Mother Hubbard. Mother Chris Hubbard. Hubbard. Chris Hubbard. He's coming back after five seasons with the Steelers, being an undrafted free agent, and their starting tackle back in 2017. Right. He left, signed a big deal with the Browns, but he's coming back as the right guard. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know he uses his hands well. He does. I, I worked with him. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, you know, when I worked with the offensive line of the Steelers and teaching them how to punch, uh, and trap. Uh, he was uh, very proficient at it, and uh, that's how he got yeah, to become yeah, a that, starting tackle and then get right. a big, big contract, and, man. Uh, um, so he, he he is a great young man. Yeah, and he's uh and he uses his hands well. Alabama Birmingham, I believe. Yeah, uh, is that it? The, the school, the football program went dead. Then it came back alive. Right. Because I asked him. I said I, I saw him one time after a game, and I said, "Well, they can't ask you for the boosters club. They can't hit you for big money now. You signed your big contract, and the football club went away." Yeah. But he said it, he said it was coming back. Yeah. So I'm sure they would hit him up. But yeah. anyhow, it would be good to see Chris Hubbard back playing. Right. I've always liked him. He's a fine, He's as you said, just a terrific guy. guy. Great guy. All right. All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, uh, let, let's go to Charles in Chicago. Charles, welcome to the locker room. Hey, thanks, Ken, for having me. I want to just echo in, uh, I'm sure, many of the callers' uh, thoughts, including the previous one. Uh, keep him in my prayers, Touch, my man. Uh, oh, you, thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you, Charles. Yeah. Love you, buddy. Okay. No. Hello? Hey. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Oh. Yeah, I just wanted to send out my continued uh, prayers, uh, love and support to you and your family, to and Steeler family and everyone you've come across. And uh again with you once upon a time. So uh, hope everything turns up for you soon and uh, come strong uh, for right now. There you go. Charles, where do you go to church? I go on the southeast side in Chicago, uh, 96. I go to Sacred Heart. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, so here's what I wanted to ask real quick. Uh, two things uh, real quickly. Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, for one, I know there's been, like, people been questioning, you know, like, why the production has dropped a little bit versus last year. And a lot of things we're hearing, too, is, like, teams are staying away from passing towards the guy. Right. They, they are staying so, away from him. So here's my, my biggest question, because I do see on Pro Football Reference, too, and I look at the Steelers' depth chart on the team's website. They got him listed at free safety, and I know when he was broached about the topic uh, this past offseason, I want to say in August or in training camp, 
someone from the media asked him, like, how would you feel about strong safety? And he was kind of a little adamant about that. But I'm seeing, like I said, a little combination. Have you guys been noticing him playing like a dual role? Because simply because, listen, I know that's his bread and butter, praying for your safety, making those picks. But like I told a friend of mine, too, I also look at it this way. Um, maybe you may have to adapt to like an art position temporarily just to show that all-around ability. If, we're, if they're not going to be throwing to you, we could probably use you like in the tackling game to help at the last scrimmage. Uh, have you guys noticed like a little bit more strong safety versus free safety? No, yeah. no. You know, he's he's playing free. But uh, well, that, don't be surprised no. if they change, uh, they move him around a lot uh, in in uh, that would be my thought second process. half of the season. Yes, I would think. And actually, I was saying that in the preseason. I thought maybe they might be moving him around. But the fact is, I can understand you wanted his great playmaking ability to be able to take hold and, and you know, get some takeaways and everything. Well, it's not happened. People yeah. are staying away from him. Uh, according to... One metric that uh, uh, somebody talked about, and I told Tunch, because Tunch immediately jumped on me and said, you don't know no metrics. But all right, I don't know metrics well. But the fact, because I've flunked math twice. But the really the whole thing about it is they only threw in his his direction one time in his area. Yeah. All right, they've been staying away from him. And look, a large part of his game is his reactionary ability. I mean, if you go back to looking at his interceptions, like three out of his interceptions were tipped balls. Yeah. And he has got, you know, he's got that great ability to hover around reaction act and come up and the ball seems to find him well it's not finding him and you can't he can't find it if he's not in position to be able to you know help in that area so i I would suspect that at some point in time they're going to start to move him around a little bit more which i think would be beneficial you don't know no metric (laughs) i don't know no metrics oh just one last thing before i let you go um and i've been desperately trying to find this it's been very hard i don't know if you guys got any recommendations but I know I brought blitz percentage a couple weeks ago, and I was adding about how many times I've been blitzing. But do you know a good site somewhere? Because I try looking at Pro Football Focus. I'm not finding anything there or some other sites. Where it breaks down, I see on Pro Football Records, they see how many times they are blitzing the quarterback. The, the difficulty is trying to find out how many times the quarterback has dropped back. I, I don't know if you guys like, because I even looked at our lads. Uh, other stuff, next generation stick. Do you guys know where those numbers come from? You I'm, know, I'm like really curious about that. Um, Tunch said it best. I don't know no metrics. Yeah, I, I watched. <laughs> uh, you know, I watched. I just the watched film. Yeah, yeah, I just watched the defense and. Uh, it tells you uh, talking everything. about how much they. Blitz. But I apologize, so I couldn't give you anything better. Well, okay. You know, some there's a lot more learned people in the metrics than uh, than obviously me. That's for sure. No doubt about it. Hey, well, Tunch, like I said, man, uh, continue to heal up, man. Uh, we're all pulling for you, man. Uh, just like I said, my interactions with you, I had you on my show a few years ago, and just giving a pleasure to call in, uh, hear you guys, watch for the media. I uh, just want to wish you the absolute best, man. Thank and, you, um, Charles. By the way, Charles, you're in, you're in you're in Chicago. So right. where do you go for pizza? I mean, because this is what we ask everybody Blue that goes Malinati's. to Chicago. Well, I didn't ask I, you, Tunch. I asked Charles. <laughs> you know what? I tell you what, man. There was a place I missed that used to be in the southeast side near Indiana. It's closed. I remember I used to work some Saturdays for overtime. Uh, it's no longer there. It used to be called Giappo. So it was like right there by Indianapolis Boulevard. 
uh, by I-90 Expressway. Yeah. Uh, like by Chicago and Indiana, that's no longer there. Uh, anything, I don't know. There's like a couple good spots. I'll probably, if you want to spend the money, I'll probably say, uh, what, Luminaris, I guess, maybe? Yeah, yep, that's where Tunch goes all the time. He goes and he sends me these pictures, right? He say, he, he shoots me the, the pictures through the text, and he's gobbling down Luminaris. I'm like going, get out of town, man. It looks so good. I love that stuff. So thank you, I, brother. I thought, when you, I thought when you said pictures, I thought he was like trying to like get someone to PayPal someone here for like a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, all right, brother. Thanks, Charles. Take love care, you, guys. buddy. Take, Take care, care, man. Love you too, man. All right, uh, let's go to Tim in Austin, Texas. Tim, welcome to the locker room. Hey, guys, good morning. How good you morning. doing, Tim? Good, you? We're doing fabulous. You're in Austin. Have you been by the Stevie Ray Vaughan statue? I have not. You asked me that last time I called. And no, you I, still I, have I not gotten there. there? No, I live, I live on the north end of the city. Okay. Kinda, I mean, we stick... We stick up this way unless, you know, unless we're going to a barbecue restaurant, that is. Okay, I got gotcha. you. All right, brother, what do you yeah, got? But hey, I just wanted to call and, and you know, kind of uh, reiterate what, what, you know, a lot of the guys have said this morning to, to Tunch. Um, you know, just let you know we're praying for you and we're, you know, we're standing, standing in the gap for you. And, um, Beautiful. Thanks, Tim. really appreciate you. So, I mean, we really look forward to when football season starts, like, you know, um, listening to you guys, like the encouragement that you give in the morning. So, um, it's, uh, it's a big part of my day. Thank you, Tim. Uh, God bless you, buddy. Love you. Yes. You too. Love you too. Take care. All right. Chalooch. All right. Dano in Florida. Dano, welcome to the locker room. Gentlemen, how are we doing this morning? Doing great. How are you doing, Dano? doing good hey um before I, uh, I talk real brief i just want to ask for forgiveness for that poor attempt at humor yesterday morning oh what uh, happened on the on the clearing out the refrigerator didn't i clear it out <laughs> yeah I, 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 that's what i told her yeah but uh, i thought it was funny <laughs> Okay, well, then I appreciate it. Yeah, I was going to say, you uh, don't have to apologize for anything like that. That's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I'm good at, right? That's right, man. Hey, when I, you know, people laugh, but Tunch has it right. He says, he said to me one time, he goes, out of your top 20 restaurants, 17 come with self serving trays. Because, you know, Golden Corral, it's like, hey, I'll tell you the Golden Corral up in Robinson or, you know, in Buffalo, I'll take you to another buffet. You know what I mean? that's I'm a buffet yeah. guy. What are you going to do? And we clean out refrigerators, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, um, I was having a poor reception uh, earlier this morning, but did you all uh, find out the clarification on that uh question that I asked about uh, the offensive, the opposing offensive line not getting holding penalties on Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're, we're you know, we're, uh, we're... Dano, here's the situation. 20 sacks have occurred. The Steelers got 20 sacks. 50 pressures, all right? So 70 total times five offensive linemen. You're talking about Gadzooks over the course of four games, 350 different scenarios. And I probably messed up the math here somewhere. But, you know, at least that and not one 
holding call. Are yeah. you kidding me? Right. We got one minute left, Dano. We, you know, okay. we we love uh, uh, the uh, today they're playing uh, without calling holding, and so we. Oh yeah, it would have been nice if back in the day, you know. <laughs> Anyway, hey, guys, I just wanted to say that I'm going to be taking a break from calling for a while, calling periodically because I love listening to other people in Steeler Nation calling in. But I just wanted wanted you to know that uh, you have my love and respect. And just to let you guys know that you guys are godsends to Steeler Nation Radio. Thank well, you. thank you. you. We're humbled really? by it, and thank you for your kind thank words, brother. Thank you, Dano. We got to roll, Dano. Thank you so much, all right? So stay tuned, everybody. We're going to come back uh, after a couple minutes break. We'll be right back with the Mike Tomlin press conference. Don't go away, Chooch. Don't you go anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. All right.